Fiday, and welcome to another episode of Live Till 5, 3.05 p.m. on Friday, December 2nd. Hope you're having a great Friday afternoon. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. Been doing this show for 193 episodes. And you're listening to us on 88.1 FM KHMG. We do this every Friday afternoon from 3 to 5 p.m. Broadcasting live high atop the campus of Harvest Ministries from the worldwide headquarters of Harvest Family Radio, KHMG 88.1 FM. You can listen to us on the radio dial at 88.1 FM here on Guam locally, but you can also listen online. Go to khmg.org. There are a number of different ways you can tune in that way. Live stream right there through our website. You can also listen to podcasts of this show and other great programs that we produce here through SoundCloud right there on our website. Just click the link there. It's very self-explanatory. So if you're sitting at your desk at work or you're at home, you want to turn on the computer, you can listen to us that way. Tune in radio as well. Many other apps and things you can use to listen to us online if you're not next to a radio. This show is rebroadcast in its entirety from noon to 2 on Saturdays, 7 to 9 p.m. on Sunday nights. We do that on purpose because we know not everyone can listen wall to wall for two straight hours. Sometimes you're just out running errands or you're on your way home from picking up the kids from soccer practice or school or piano lessons. Maybe you're heading to the grocery store. You're doing a little pre-Christmas shopping. However you're listening to us, we want to make sure that you can get the best of the show so you can always tune in again Saturdays, noon to 2, Sunday night, 7 to 9 p.m. Catch us on the rebound for Live Till 5. We've been doing this show for almost four years now, episode 193. At two hours per episode, that's almost 400 hours of broadcasting live on Friday afternoons, and that's a lot of fun. And being December 2nd, of course, we're in a new month, and a number of things happening in December, of which I have a list here, but did want to, I did want to uh, congratulate some of the kiddos that entered the coloring contest over at Faith Bookstore, because uh, we promoted that for a few weeks, and Basically, I got a note from IN Madrid over at Faith Bookstore congratulating the nine winners, the top three finishers, and the top three levels of the uh, fifth annual Thanksgiving coloring contest. Uh, many people participated. But in first place for the four to six-year-olds, Zoe Martin. Second place, Lexi Leclerc. And third place, Roan Kreft. Ages 7 to 9, first place, Chantel Cabrias. Second place, Hadassah Kleska. And third place, Camelia Story. And then the 10 to 12-year-olds, the new category, the older category, Joel Martin came in first, Ambrose Villo in third. Oh, I'm sorry. Let's see here. Yeah, Ambrose Villo in third, and Kinnearin, or second, and then third is Kinnearin Atisum. So... Nine winners there, Faith Bookstore, fifth annual Thanksgiving coloring contest. A lot of beautiful artwork. They sent me a little picture of all the winners up on the wall, and they gave them all great prizes, so congratulations. Of course, Fawn and Jason Martin's kids, Zoe and Joel, cleaned up. And I know uh, they are some of the listeners to our program. So Now, December is a busy month. Of course, we have Christmas. We're going to talk a little bit about Advent as well. But did you know it's also AIDS Awareness Month, Bingo, Bingo's Birthday Month, Buckwheat Month, National Drunk and Drugged Driver Prevention Month, 3D, 
National Impaired Driving Prevention Month, National Eggnog Month. How many of you like eggnog out there? I do. Now, you do? Devin likes it. I'm uh, joined in studio, actually, by my youngest wingman, youngest wingman in the fleet, Devin Taylor. He's going to be, you'll hear him off mic here in just a few minutes. But uh, he's just kind of flying with us here and uh, enjoying the show. Now, Devin, you have the microphone right there in front of you. I'm going to take a big gamble here and let you uh, get on microphone. Why don't you say hi to all the listeners out there, Devin? Hello. See, that's Devin. Devin, how old are you? Nine. And uh, do you listen to KHMG sometimes, the radio station? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. See, that's why I invited you up here because you're, you're one of our fans. Who's your favorite person that works at KHMG? You know, just be honest. Just go ahead and say it. Just always see the radio station, and I think that Mr. Harper is up here. Yeah, see, Mr. Harper, I knew it. We talk about Mr. Harper a lot when Devin and I are just hanging out. So, yeah, uh, we did one time. Yes. Now, uh, Devin, you said you like eggnog. It's National Eggnog Month. You like eggnog? It tastes like melted vanilla ice cream, right? Um, I don't know about it. Okay, all right. Uh, National Fruitcake Month, National Pear Month, National Time Month, National Write a Business Plan Month, Operation Santa Paws, Read a New Book, Safe Toys and Gift Month, Spiritual Literacy Month, Tomato and T- Winter Squash Month. That's a surprise. Universal Human Rights Month, World Food Service Safety Month, and Write a Friend Month. And then there are some special weeks in the month of December as well, including Cookie Cutter Week, the 1st through 7th, Clerk Gallaudet Week, Cleric Gallaudet Week. I had to look this up, and uh, maybe some of you listeners know where this is headed. Have you ever heard of Gallaudet College? And uh, what I might not even be saying it right, but Gallaudet or Gallaudet College. It's a famous school for one specific demographic uh, in the United States. It is a school for the deaf. Laurent Clerc was the first outstanding deaf teacher in America. But he was actually a Frenchman. And him and Thomas Hopkins Gallaudet founded the first school for the deaf, deaf in 1817. So this week is Clerk Gallaudet Week, the 3rd through the 10th. National Hand Washing Awareness Week. I think that's something everyone could use, 4th through the 10th. Recipe Greetings for the Holidays Week. Computer Science Education Week, the 4th through the 10th. Cookie Exchange Week, the 5th through the 9th. International, let's see here, Older Driver Safety Awareness Week, the 5th through the 9th as well. Then some special days. Yesterday was Antarctica Day and Basketball Day and Bifocals at the Monitor Liberation Day, Civil Air Patrol Day, Life Without Art Day. Today is Faux Fur Friday, International Day of the Abolition of Slavery, National Mutt Day, Salesperson Day, and some obscure ones like Safety Razor Day. I mean, really? There's a day for that? Special Education Day. Tomorrow's Earmuff Day. Uh, Let's see here. International Day of Persons with Disabilities Day. Sunday, National Cookie Day and Xterra Trail Running Championships. Monday, AFL-CIO Day for all you auto workers out there. International Ninja Day for all of you people that uh, like to wear your pajamas to work. Uh, Let's see. Also next week on the 6th, Miner's Day, St. Nicholas Day, Microwave Oven Day, and National Gazpacho Day. The 7th will be National Pearl Harbor Remembrance Day. And a matter of fact, it, just, as a, just as a quick little tidbit of history from history.com, at 7.55 a.m. Hawaii time, a Japanese dive bomber bearing the red symbol of the rising sun in Japan on its wing 
appears out of the clouds above the island of Oahu. A swarm of 360 Japanese warplanes followed, descending on the U.S. naval base at Pearl Harbor in a ferocious assault. Surprise attack struck a critical blow against the U.S. Pacific Fleet and drew the United States irrevocably into World War II. That's on the 7th coming up uh, next week. And then the 8th, pretend to be a time traveler day and National Brownie Day of all things. I've never even heard of pretend to be a time traveler day, but uh, sounds like fun. Now I have in studio with me uh, Sebastian. Hi. I have Lawrence Nagas, this day in history. And uh, I have uh, Devin Taylor, who is the youngest wingman on record to ever be allowed on live radio. I'm a bird. Okay, that's great, because he's a wingman. That makes perfect sense if you're... How old are you again? Nine. Nine years old, yes, of course. So my sense of humor really registers with nine-year-olds. Well, this is what we're going to do. We're going to take a short break, and when we... When we come back from this break, we're going to play a little What's in My Coffee, and we even got a special drink that doesn't have coffee in it for Devin Taylor. We're going to get him to jump in on this game with us. So you stick around, listeners, and more Live Till 5 after this short break. I'm Jared Baldwin, your host, episode 193 on this Friday, December 2nd. You're listening to Live Till 5 here on KHMG 88.1 FM. Stay tuned for more after this. With a little more live till five, few public service announcements for you. Bayview Theater presents a theatrical presentation of the blockbuster movie and novel by C.S. Lewis, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, December 9th and December 10th from 6 to 8 p.m. Admission is free. Bayview Baptist Church, located between First Hawaiian Bank and Coast Street 60 and Mighty, right off of Route 8. For more information, you can call the church, 472 8107. I heard this is going to be a great production. I believe Mark Smith is directing this production. So shout out to our friends at Bayview. 472-8107, the 9th and 10th of December, 6 to 8 p.m. I'm going to try and make it to the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe that night. And we'll keep promoting that as we get closer. Also, a big event here at Harvest. The biggest, actually the largest event of the year, other than maybe high school graduation. The Festival of Lights, Sunday, December 4th, 5 p.m., Come early to enjoy dinner from a variety of Guam's best food trucks. Then 6.30 p.m., The Call of Christmas, a musical drama in the Harvest Auditorium. And then 7.30 p.m., enjoy the Jamboree, which is games and activities and prizes for kids of all ages. No cost for the concert or the game time in the gym. Bring a few dollars if you want to get food at one of the food trucks. But other than that, it is a free event. It's not a fundraiser. It's not a us trying to get people to enroll their kids at our school. It's an opportunity for us to say Merry Christmas to our community, our neighbors, and our friends here on Guam. And we are glad that we get to do this every year. It's grown from year to year. And I am joined in studio now. Actually, they never left. (laughs) Devin Taylor, Lawrence Nangast, and Sebastian Basildua. Hello. Chris Harper's here somewhere, too. He's over at the at the computer. computer. Okay, thank you. Keep an eye on him for me. 
Uh, we don't want him to slip away. Now, it is the Christmas season, and we are enjoying uh, beautiful Christian Christmas music here on Harvest Family Radio. So as you listen to Harvest Family Radio, you hear all Christmas music. We're even using Christmas bumper music here on our radio show, which is a lot of fun to mix that up. And we're going to play now one of our uh, most treasured classic segments. It's called uh, What's in My Coffee. Let me see if I can find our little bumper song here because uh, we've been doing this ever since about the third Maybe the third or fourth episode when we finally got the brainstorm that, hey, we could get free drinks out of this deal. Um, we don't get paid anything extra to do this show, but we could at least get a free drink if we uh, promote the delightful, delectable treats from the hub. And so this segment is brought to us by Hebrews Coffee Shop and Bookstore, the best little coffee shop on Guam, offering an endless variety of coffees, teas, baked goods, Christian music, books, and gifts. And including the largest selection of Yankee candles in all of Lapland, Finland. I like it a lot. I go there every day. I know. Lawrence is like, he shook his head like, yeah, I could see that. <laughs> uh, let's play What's I in My Coffee. Yeah. All right. Now, we do have uh, Devin joining us for our game, Hooray! What's in My Coffee. This, this must be my lucky day. Yes, it is. And and all of Radio World is, is cherishing this episode already. Now, um... <laughs> The way for those listening for the first time, every week we get some drinks that are numbered but not necessarily identified what's in the cup or, or what's in our coffee cup. They're not always coffee related drinks, but uh, the hub has all kinds of drinks smoothies and fruit splashes and teas and coffee drinks, espresso drinks, specialty drinks, um, blended fraps, things like that. And so they like to surprise us. And we, what we do is we drink from the drink, and then we describe what it tastes like uh, over the air for our listeners to inspire you to go and get one of these drinks. <clears throat> Every once in a while, one of us might get a drink that isn't our favorite, but we still try and give some kind of gracious description. But me, I don't know if I've ever found a drink that I don't actually like. I mean, I've never not finished a drink. The Hub has some of the best coffee on guam best coffee drinks on guam and so i'm holding a hot cup i haven't even smelled it or tasted it yet so just one second okay it smells i smell a little chocolate maybe a little coffee Me smell too. let me take I a sip smell a little chocolate too let's see what mm. Mr. okay i'm not sure not sure what's in my cup right now it's chocolatey it's got a little espresso a little bit creamy uh not overpowering actually it's uh it's very mild not not strong at all um this might just be a this might just be a mocha, kind of a coffee and chocolate, I think is basically what it is. Now, uh, Sebastian, yours is about half gone. It was creamy. It was oh. full of, you know, froth or whipped cream on top. What did it taste like? Okay, I got this. You know, normally I, I don't really know, mm-hmm. but this one, it has to be. Okay, it has to be a creamy blended eggnog. Ooh, ooh, I hope it is and because that means probably, it's eggnog season. Probably an eggnog, eggnog frap. Day, eggnog day. Yes, an this eggnog frap. Is, eggnog uh, frap. Is that a one thing? of the seasonal? Yeah, it is. It's one oh. of the seasonal drinks they'll bring wow. out, kind of like the hot apple cider. Yes. It's okay. Good. All it's right. Good. Well, we'll see here in a second when I reveal uh, the big reveal. Uh, Lawrence, what does yours taste like? Mine's pretty standard. It, it's a iced tea, but I think I can't kind of decide between whether it be peach or mango mm. uh, extra sugar syrup that's in there. Uh, it these are kind of some of the most refreshing things. Obviously, besides water. Uh, cold iced water is pretty hard to beat, but as far as a tea goes, with a little bit of the syrup, 
I think it might be peach. I'm going to go with peach. Peach tea. Uh, peach, yeah, peach tea. Iced peach tea. And, uh, and that's where I'm going with, but very refreshing on this Friday afternoon. Not All right. disappointed. Okay. Now, Devin, you have a drink. Uh, can you see what color it is? What color is that drink? What does it look like? Red as fire. Red as fire. You do better at this than some of us that do this <laughs> for a me. living. Okay, <laughs> and what does it taste like? Give us a give us a idea of what does the drink taste like. Talk right into the microphone there. What does the drink taste like, buddy? You want to take a sip of it? Get get a little sip there. Get it now. Now let that wash across your palate. What does it taste like? It tastes like um, like it's all. Lemonade-ish. Kind of lemonade-ish. Does it have a fruit flavor to it? Does it taste like some kind of fruit? What did you say earlier? You told me earlier it tasted like some kind of fruit. Lemonade. No, you said something else. It's kind of pink. Kind of a... But if you think it tastes like lemonade, I'm, I'll, I'll go with that. So you think it tastes kind of like a lemonade? Yep. Okay. All right. <laughs> and then, uh, Chris, you, you were drinking a hot drink there a few minutes ago. And uh, you said it smelled like something. Did it taste like what it smelled like? No. Um, okay. I'm, I'm not sure what it is. It's a it's a, a sweet coffee drink, a creamy drink. Um, that's all I got. It's not yeah. red as fire. Oh, it's not that. as red as fire. Well, at least I didn't open that's it. That's very see, descriptive. But a, yeah, but it's okay. in a, It's in a. It's hot. It's a hot drink. Well, let's way. get down to brass tacks here. Yes. Uh, Number one, which is Devin's drink, he has the Josh Haddock Special, which is called the Fruit Splash. It's called the Red is Fire. Yeah, the Red is Fire Haddock Special Strawberry, Cherry, and Lime Fruit Splash. So no wonder he had a hard time nailing it down. It's it's a mixture of a variety of things. And then number two, I believe, is Chris's drink. Mm -hmm. It's the Candy Cane Cocoa. Candy cane cocoa. It's a it's a another seasonal, seasonal drink, drink yep. right there. Candy cane so cocoa. just in case there wasn't enough uh, diabetic reaction for just hot cocoa, <laughs> throw in a sugar stick uh, with peppermint on it. Candy cane cocoa. It's really tasty. Lawrence, you should have stuck with the mango iced oh, tea with mango. Man, but I they are decide. very similar. They're very similar. You get it in the tea, and it yes. just kind of all blends together. Uh, I have this is a sugar free vanilla latte. That's why it was so mild, and they know that. I'm trying to watch my sugar, and this is something that's good for our listeners to know. You can get almost anything sugar-free at the Hub, and that is a, a good thing to know because on Friday afternoons when they bring me a really sugary drink, I crash after the show. Like, I, I need to take a nap. <laughs> I'm like, then I can't sleep at, like, midnight. So uh, sugar-free vanilla latte. And then finally... You go to sleep? Then <laughs> I go to sleep. Uh, Sebastian has the... Eggnog shake. So it's not actually a frap, it's a shake. Sorry, Probably very yeah. mild I was difference. Say shake, yeah, but. Yeah. Mine is number one. Yours is number one. You have the fruit splash. So that's it. That's what's in my coffee. That's that's what we do every Friday to try and introduce our listeners to the different types of drinks we have uh, at the hub. It is Friday afternoon, December second, and it's time for this day in history with Lawrence Nagengast. You know, Lawrence, the reason he's doing this is because he is an expert on history. History professor extraordinaire. <laughs> oh boy. He, uh, he's lived a full life. He's traveled the world many times over. Uh, he's the, the offspring of educators. He has uh, invested his life in educating others. And so uh, Lawrence literally knows almost everything there is to know about history. I'm so the after of all the cannibals. 
You're, okay, all right, great. We're going to turn your microphone off for a little okay. while now while Lawrence does his uh, This Day in History. <laughs> what happened on December 2nd? At all. What happened on December 2nd there, Lawrence? Sure. Um, we'll start in 1804 with Napoleon Bonaparte as being crowned the Emperor of France in Paris. Uh, actually, his history's uh, been told that he grabbed the he grabbed the crown out of the, uh, I believe it's the Archbishop. Archbishop. I don't think right? the Pope was there and yeah. crowned himself so that yeah. there was officially no one that crowned him because that was the history in France specifically, uh, the, the battle between who had more power, the Pope or the King, uh, extends all the way back to Charlemagne, really, is you had the Pope giving power to the King and then the King giving the power to the Pope. And it was, of course, church right. and state, but who really had more power? So Napoleon kind of settled that for himself at least and said, I'll crown myself, and I'm therefore the most powerful man in France. And at the time in 1804, you were just about 10 years outside, or a little even less than that, of the French Revolution, a a horrific time uh, in France, uh, the the reign of terror and with Robespierre. Uh, But so everybody kind of liked this guy. He was kind of the heroic figure. They were looking to come in and bring France back to... um, prominence in Europe. And then one year later, on the same day, 1805, Napoleon defeats Russia and Austrians at Austerlitz. And uh, this battle, in fact, I watch it, or I I did watch it with my world history class when I taught that. Uh, And it was incredibly orchestrated. But the one the one key factor that came in very, very hurtful on the Russian and Austrian side is they actually operated off two different calendars um, uh, from each other. So when they said on this day, uh, I think it's like November, it was something in November, it's actually three days different. The Russians are three days behind. I think it's not the same now, but 100 or 200 and some years ago, um, they were actually a little bit off on their calendar usage. And so when the Austrians were ready to set up against Napoleon, the Russians were still about a day and a half, two days behind, uh, not even there yet. Wow. So he was able to kind of defeat them, and then the Russians, and it was just kind of one thing led to another, and he ended up winning. That's why I like you doing this segment, Lawrence, because that's like what I call one of those aha moments. Like, <laughs> I just learned something. I did. I had no idea that that was I can't uh, remember. The video, contributing factor. The video talks about what the the calendars are, but I can't think of the name right now. Um, but that, yeah, that's kind of one of the reasons. Like one used the Julian calendar or something, so it was right, a certain the day, did. a certain number of day of the year. Right. And the other uses more of the month by month. Yeah. Right. Okay, that would make yeah. sense. So the, the that was one of the issues. Obviously, Napoleon was. I mean, there's things said like his hat on the battlefield is worth ten thousand soldiers, things like that. He just was was one of the best wow. generals um, that we've known in history, even though. Got a little big for his britches there a couple times. Navy, he wasn't. Uh, those are the two battles he lost before his one of his final defeats um, were on the water in Egypt. And then, um, in fact, Napoleon's story is very interesting. What the French people knew of him is not what reality necessarily was. For example, he sacrificed about 30,000 troops in Egypt to escape alone back to France. Really? Um, and left him there to be defeated by the British. But he came back, and they're like, oh, our hero's back. Great. Little did they know. Wow. He had kind of. So history left. has not smiled on him as much as, like, the contemporary no. story did. Yeah. You no. Know, I mean, he was still great in a lot of ways, uh, military speaking. But there were some moral yeah, ethics. Sure, sure, sure. Probably a little shaky. Uh, moving on, uh, James Monroe was 
uh, reelected president today. 1823, President James Monroe declares his Monroe Doctrine a foreign U.S. policy regarding Latin America. Um, I actually am doing some master's work, and it's amazing how the Truman Doctrine and the Monroe Doctrine, uh, kind of similar foreign policies, similar-ish, um, play such a role in the world's view of America, whether it be in the world wars or um, not so much today. Things have changed. What but, was the year of that? Uh, that was 1823. Yeah, so uh, Monroe, I believe, was um, the president when I just talked about how this week is uh, Clerk Gallaudet Day, which is the uh, celebration of the formation of the first school of the deaf. Mm. And they had mentioned when I was reading the little history of it that it was during Monroe's presidency that basically the school was developed and kind of grew uh, to have basically a university or a school, a boarding school for deaf people that's still around today. Yeah. Wow. That's a long, In DC. long lasting yeah. there for sure. Yep. Uh, 1845, Manifest Destiny. The U.S. President James K. Polk announces to Congress that the United States should aggressively expand into the West. Uh, up until this point, Mississippi River was kind of where they were contained or where, where uh, a developed country was at. They, of course, by this point had already purchased the Louisiana Purchase, came from Napoleon. Yep. He needed money and Jefferson wanted land. Perfect, uh, perfect exchange, and uh, and it just had not been moved there. And so the way out West and then, of course— um, you know, one thing leads to another, and people begin to move across uh, the Mississippi, and and then you get a railroad and and all sorts of things. Um, eighteen sixty seven in the New York City theater, British author Charles Dickens gives his first public reading in the United States. I didn't I didn't look up what he read, but uh, that had been very intriguing. I'm guessing he read one of his novels or something he wrote, uh, but that had been very interesting to hear Charles Dickens uh, read. Yeah read a story of his own uh, writing um let's see here we have 1941 american mobster louis bucalter i want to guess is sentenced to death along with buckalter i think is it buckalter i think so okay no w i don't know there. i'm not a i'm not a it uh, could be buckalter yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah, makes sense buckalter uh with his lieutenants emmanuel weiss and louis capone i'm guessing he's related to al Probably. Uh, before Al's time. Oh, no, actually, it's after. Yeah. After. Yeah. Sorry, 1941. Uh, 1942, world's first self-sustaining nuclear chain reaction occurs in Chicago Pile 1, world's first nuclear reactor at the University of Chicago. And uh, this is right around the same time. In fact, the other day, uh, I was watching. It, when, I, when I go to find something I want to watch, history titles or documentaries always intrigue me. But I'm not like, do I really want to settle in and learn right now <laughs> yeah it's really night, hard yeah it's really hard do i want to be that. entertained yeah. they entertain me but it's just different it's so much facts right. so actually i ended up watching this documentary about um american history and a ton of details about world war ii i didn't really know um and and this is the sort of thing that came up they do talk about the atomic the manhattan project wow. and uh and all that quite a bit in there um but the last few things here, 1951, Don Hudson, number four jersey, is retired by the Green Bay Packers, the first number to be retired of that franchise, um, which there's been some since, yeah. obviously. We have a lot of Packers fans here we on do. Guam. We do have a number of Packers uh, fans. Probably a disproportionate number, actually. Yeah, it is odd. It is odd. Uh, Dan Marino and John Elway played each other today. Yes. Uh, for the first time. For the first time. Mm. Uh, two very, very... Um, 
solid quarterbacks. Oh, yeah. Good quarterbacks. Hall of uh, Famers. Hall of Famers, really. Uh, but they met today for the first time back in 1985. And then um, 2014, Stephen Hawking claims that artificial intelligence could be a threat to mankind and spell the end of the human race. And so he is huh. still putting out different ideas and thoughts, very respected mm-hmm. scientist yep. and mind. Yep. But, um, eh, I don't know. Yeah. It could be a number of different things. Yeah. But Interesting. Right now it's it fires, I guess, uh, in the southeast. Yeah, yeah. I have some sad. friends that were affected by that. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, Dr. Ken Hay from the Wilds, mm-hmm. his son-in-law, Kevin Priest, and I worked together at Northland. He was actually a faculty, and I was a student. Hmm. His wife, Lori, and I worked together, and he was he's the principal of Hamilton Park Christian School or something out of Greenville, and they were on a retreat. The pastors were on a retreat in Gatlinburg, Tennessee this week, and they had to be evacuated, and they lost their Hampton cars. Hampton Park or Hamilton Park? Hampton Park. Hampton, Hampton Park. Park, yeah. And they lost their cars, their computers, oh, no all kidding. their stuff. Yeah, there's pictures online. They lost everything that was there. They had to be evacuated. They had to leave everything behind, and everyone was safe, but they did lose yeah. everything wow. from, the, from the fires. They come so quick and so hot that they lost everything. So there's yeah. a picture of their charred vehicle and all that. That's, so. that's sad. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, that, it started a lot with arson is what I heard. Oh, boy. Um, is that, is that individual? And then they said the these? winds picked up to 80 miles an hour or something because of tornadoes. And I've, I've been yeah. listening to the news a little yeah. bit about that. It's really sad. I think seven. they definitely have seven fatalities and hundreds mm-hmm. of homes destroyed. Well, so yeah. One other uh, announcement I wanted to give. We're putting in Harvest Highlights, but we just had um, some T-shirts that we made with our new Harvest oh, logo yeah, tell for us about Athletics. That. Um, and we we put those on sale in the hub today. We're actually going to be, there's two different t-shirts that will be on sale probably by the end of next week. Um, at least before Christmas for sure. But the first one is down there. It's got our new Eagle logo. Uh, one we'll be using for athletics, uh, both men and women and children sizes, but women cut. I know it's very important. Usually we only have one. Uh, I guess. Big and baggy. Yeah. yeah, big and baggy. But there's men and women cuts and as well as youth sizes down there. The youth is a yellow shirt with the eagle uh, head and eagles written on it. And then the men and women is kind of this navy gray mixture. Very, yeah. very comfortable, very soft Kind material. of pre-washed feeling, yeah. Yeah, it's yep. very just kind of that Saturday lounge shirt, shirt almost feeling to it. But uh, those are on sale for right now $18 for the adults and then 15 for the children. And then next week, we're hoping to probably end of the week get the, a second shirt in. Uh, but we're just trying to put some more things out there for yeah. the um, for the fans of games. Or right, just parents yeah, school students, spirit. School spirit. Yeah. Uh, put and that especially out there. since the uh, soccer boys' soccer team's definitely yeah. headed to the playoffs. They play tomorrow is the last season uh, game, regular season yep. game. And then Tuesday, they'll kind of figure out after tomorrow where they'll probably be seated sure. with a win at number one. But it'll kind of depend on how everybody else falls out, right, who right, they play right. next yeah. week. Wow, so. that's great. Well, it's a great way to uh, show some some school support and yep. uh, come out and and cheer for Harvest wearing your new Harvest Eagles T-shirt. It's got the new Eagle logo, mm-hmm. which I know our graphics department worked very hard on, and I think it's going to be really cool to see that. So, you know what? Let's take a short break. When we come back, I want to talk to Devin Taylor just a little bit more. What What's that, Devin? What's number two? Number two what? The drink, I think. Oh, I think still, number two is a fruit about. splash. <laughs> Time lapse. What let's let's take a short break, and yeah. when we come back, <laughs> we're going to talk to Devin a little more. He is dying to get on the air, and uh, we are going to have a little fun on the show with Devin Taylor and the rest of the crew. Thank you very much, Lawrence. Have a great weekend for you. And uh, listeners, it's live till 5, Friday, December 2nd, 3.41 p.m., 
here at KHMG Harvest Family Radio. So glad you're with us today as we celebrate Christmas together and kind of talk about Christmas and the Advent season. So stick around more live till five after this short break. with a little more live till five a little christmas bumper music there i'm joined in studio still by sebastian basil dua devin taylor chris harper and uh want to talk a little bit to devin here devin christmas is coming up in just three and a half short weeks what's your 100 weeks no three and a half weeks what's your favorite part about christmas devin to open up presents and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. What about Christmas lights? You like Christmas lights? Oh, yes. All right. I like all of them. Oh, yeah. Now, we have uh, the Festival of Lights this weekend. Do you know what that's all about? The Christmas train. Oh, yeah. There's a Christmas train. Good point. We have a big Christmas train that's going to be out there. Free rides for all kids that come to the... But is there going to be any tickets? Uh, You get a ticket, but it doesn't cost anything. All you got to do is you have to play some of the other games, and then after you've played a certain number of other games, then you get a ticket and you can ride on the train. Well, what but, is in the train going to look like? Uh, probably going to have wheels and look Christmassy. I'm not sure. So, I think it might be look big. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. I hope I hope it's exciting and fun. and Probably won't go very fast because little kids will be on it. But we also have a climbing wall, face painting, games, prizes, crafts, but all kinds of things. But what is Mr. Harper going to do? I don't know. What what are you going to be doing uh, this Sunday night, Mr. Harper? I'm going to be helping out on trash duty. Trash duty. Oh, that's right. Yes. Your watch carrier group uh, drew the long straw. Me uh, too. And, yes. Oh, uh, you're, on, you're on trash duty too? Team trash. Team trash. That's fine. Yep. Nothing I'm wrong with that. Three, I'm team trash too. Are and you? I will be on Mr. Harper's team. Oh, that's perfect. That's the best that's Perfect. Great. Pretty much, he could just stay with you from now all the way through Festival of Lights. That might be a good thing. So, Might be fun. All right. Well, um, this weekend, the thing that we're all talking about is the Festival of Lights. It's Sunday, December 4th, 5 p.m. Come early and enjoy dinner from a variety of Guam's best food trucks. But, um, 6.30 p.m., the call to Christmas in Harvest Auditorium. And 7.30 p.m., the call of Christmas is a drama musical uh, our Micronesian students and our, our music folks are all putting on this great production Sunday night, 6.30 in the auditorium. Where's the food trucks going to be? The food trucks are going to be in the car line area, right down outside the window here in front of the Hub coffee shop, for those that are familiar with the campus. There's going to be all kinds of fun food trucks. Uh, but where's, is there any car line right now? There is. There are a few cars out there right now. You just can't see it because you're, where you're sitting, but... Our, some of our listeners are in Carline right now, and uh, there's a cross-country race getting ready to start up, and there's a soccer practice going on right now as I look outside the window. So we a lot won, of people here. We won the soccer game yesterday. We did. We did pretty handily, I think. It was Hooray! A, there you go. We won! Hooray! That's right. Now, Devin, okay, so let me ask you, what is your favorite food at Christmas time? You like everything, huh? Yeah. Yeah? 
What's your favorite food? Like, if you were going to go eat somewhere, where would you want to go eat? Panda Express. Panda Express. And what do you normally get at Panda Express? Orwin's Chicken. All right. Orange chicken is my favorite. All right. That's great. And then do you get that with like rice or noodles, vegetables? What do you get with that? Noodles. Oh, yeah. That's fun. That's fun. And the rice. And rice. Okay. You're a carb lover. And do you like fortune, those cookies that come with it too? Do you eat those or are they too crunchy? They're my fortune cookies. Yeah. Your fortune. Do you like that? Oh, yes, I do. Okay. It's my favorite cookie in the whole wide world. Really? Wow, that's great. Well, we'll have to go there and have some Pan Express. Devin and I... With Mr. Harper, too. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Devin and I actually went to Pan Express. And you missed out. And Mr. Harper wasn't there, but we talked about Mr. Harper the whole time. So Devin loves the radio station, and he just loves the people that work at the radio station. And Mr. Harper is the representation of everything that Devin loves here at Harvest Family Radio. I think you work till 7.30 to 6.30 in the morning. Yep, he pretty much has your schedule down. Now, okay, so as we as we kind of segue out of uh, our discussion with Devin, Devin, you, I'm going to have you stay here and keep listening, but I'm going to turn your microphone off because I want to do another part of the wow, show here. Wow, wow, wow. Exactly. Wow. <laughs> He's our sound effect guy. <laughs> Goodbye, Devin. Well, thank you very much, buddy. And uh, Sebastian, now this is, is this your first Christmas away from uh, a home? Uh, no. No, I, I worked security at uh, at school, and I'd stay back on the campus for break. Oh, really? So, yeah. So this is this is not necessarily a new experience for you to be on your own at Christmas time. Yeah, I'm gonna try and buy like a little Home Depot tree, you know, like a Charlie Brown. Okay, tree. yeah, yeah. Put it in my room. Okay, that's not sad at all. <laughs> yeah, no, it does. The, actually, you can get a. They're very inexpensive right now because they're yeah. past the whole Black Friday uh, rush. So. Well, cool. Well, and this will be your warmest Christmas probably, oh, yeah. I would imagine, right? Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, both you and uh, Chris Harper both lived in a snowy snowy environment before you moved here at uh, Maranatha Baptist University there in Watertown, Wisconsin. So um, are you think you're going to miss the white Christmas? Like, uh, you guys going to miss the snow at all? Chris, your kids miss that? Uh, one of them does. Uh, Elizabeth misses the snow a lot. She'll mention that she misses snow. None of the other kids really seem to have a problem with it. They just keep saying, "Let's go to the pool." You know, I mean, sure, they don't. Sure, uh, sure. Have, they don't have. I always go to the pool too. Yeah, yeah. they don't have. Yeah. There you go. Swimming backwards. Yeah. That's I'm a sure great. Yeah. 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 Well, okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so I don't think, and I, I don't miss it at all. I mean, yeah. I've been in snow a lot of years. Uh, so I don't, I'm not worried about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, I used to like snow and, you know, the snow time and Mm -hmm. Christmas, but after going to Maranatha and, uh, working snow crew and working security, you know, where you're both outside. Right. I just hated the snow. And snow crew is getting up at like 4 a.m. to shovel the sidewalks and stuff. Yeah. I would go shovel snow. You know, one time we had a guy like, you had to carry these heavy buckets of salt all the way across campus. And, like, one guy, he, like, fell down. And, like, he's just sitting there. He's like, I don't want to get up. <laughs> he's like, yeah. just, oh, it's yeah. going to end here. <laughs> First time I ever went to Maranatha was two and a half years ago. Uh, yeah, two and uh, almost two years ago when I came to visit Chris, actually. It was so cold, and I parked on the wrong side of campus. I parked at the yeah. very first turn-in. Yep. I'd walk all the way through the main, and then I had to walk all the way across the parking lot to the cafeteria building. And then all the way back through, all the way through the main to go back out to the car just to drive around to park in the guest housing. Yep. 
Oh, I was just so miserable. It was so cold. Uh, it reminded me of the bad, my, my worst memories of living in northern Wisconsin. So um, there are some places where it just is a little more temperate, even though you get snow. But up there on the plains, yeah. that wind gets whipping sometimes. It's just so, so cold. So I don't miss the hassle of snow, having to get up and start your car early and shovel things and stuff. I do miss the beauty of it. Obviously, it's a very beautiful thing. It's it's a kind of a miracle. That's there's something universally appealing about, you know, a fresh snow. But when you get fresh snow in like late March, that's not so appealing anymore. Well, to give you an idea, they um I heard my last year I was there, they they used 10,000 oh pounds of salt. Oh boy! To give you an idea, so you're you're that's just on the campus at Maranatha. Oh boy, so, that's crazy! Um, that gives you an idea of how much salt Mr. Sebastian and others would be wow. spreading throughout the wow. campus. Wow! Um, so yeah, I did one year, and then I said I did my one year. I'm out. <laughs> I was at Bob Jones uh, last year, and they had ice and snow, and I heard that uh, they had sold their snowplow because they never used it. Yeah. And so then they got like one inch of ice and snow and they had to shut down the whole campus for like a day and a half. They had to cut our conference short, all that because of the yeah. the inclement weather. So the last two years I've been there, they've had really bad weather. So, wow. yeah, bad weather here is, you know, it rains for two hours straight or it's uh, just really muggy, but it's not usually dangerous. Every once in a while we'll get a typhoon type storm, but it's so rare. Uh, yeah, I don't really miss the hassle part of the snow. So weather changing every once in a while. You can go into a nicely air-conditioned room and kind of get the effect of changing weather. I, I'm just fascinated by playing on the radio, walking in a winter wonderland right. and stuff. Right. I, it, it, it's a little strange to me. Disingenuous. Oh, yes. Yeah. Songs. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas, yes, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we're just trying to uh, provide that nostalgic you know, uh, feeling that people have around the holidays, you know, Christmas yes. time. And uh, I think a lot of people, when they picture America, uh, people that have not been there, maybe people that grew up in a culture like this where it's warm all the time, they picture, oh, it must start to get snow flurries on Thanksgiving. And then you have a white Christmas and you have a picket fence and a two-car garage and you know, all of America is not like that. Much of America, there's no snow on Christmas. There's, you know, it's it's yeah. kind of unpredictable. And when I was at Maranatha last year, it was uh, probably 45 degrees, even though it was February. It was a really warm spell. All the snow had melted, and uh, everything's kind of brown and melty. So, you yeah. know, you can't can't predict it. Now, when you were in Alaska, on the other hand, when did it start snowing in the area you were in in Alaska? Oh well, I mean, pretty much could be september maybe part way through october and then the snow would be there through may and then how long were the days by this time of year december 2nd yeah how long were the days for you there days are pretty short yeah pretty short you're getting to that time where you're getting the shortest part of the year right pretty right. much so did you have to take like vitamin supplements to keep your because if you're not producing vitamin no. d you know you get a little you get a little depressed. And- no, that's the only, that's a story that, that people in the lower 48 tell themselves about Alaska, but uh, I never knew anybody that was actually there that wasn't in the military. Mm-hmm. People in the military seem to have a lot more trouble. I think it has something to do with not moving there by their choice. Ah, okay. Um, sure. But 
when you move there as a choice, I think people adjust to it a little better, perhaps. But I never met anybody um, who had that issue, although people seem to think it's an issue. But uh, but the thing about Fairbanks, too, is it's a desert there. Mm. And uh, the you get sunshine, like bright sunshine, because it's so clear. You get bright sunshine in that maybe two-hour part mm-hmm. of the day. And you've got that white snow everywhere, clear skies. You get a nice dose of yeah, that. Yeah, you get a dose of brightness. it every day. Yeah, and sure. It, what, not so in some other places around Alaska, but in the desert areas, the cold desert area, the reason I say it's a desert, it gets the same amount of precipitation as Tucson, Arizona, almost wow. exactly. Wow. So um, the, the snow is very dry, too. So people think, oh, well, we got a foot of snow. Uh, it must be very wet snow. It's only about... You know, it's a, it's like a inch of precipitation right, or something. Right, right, right. So, um, and it's just such small little crystals. It just yeah, you can just blow it away, right? Can't make um, my kids had never made a snowman growing up in Alaska till they were you know I think my oldest was like eight or nine or something when we came to, uh, she wasn't that old. She was maybe seven when we came to Wisconsin. They had never made a snowball or a snowman before. Just too because powdery. It's too powdery. Yeah, yeah. So you can't huh. make that in Fairbanks. So it's just dry, and, you know, when you drive on the road, the snow blows up in the air rather than, you know. What um, was the coldest temperature it got down to while you were there? Uh, or the, the coldest, coldest temperature you've coldest, ever personally experienced? The coldest I've ever seen is 57 below zero, and that's no wind chill. They don't. They just laugh at you if you say wind chill. So that's not the wind? No, Because I experienced no wind. 60 below nope. wind chill no one wind time chill. in Wisconsin. Nope, no wind chill. Wow. That's, that's Fahrenheit, 57 wow. below zero Fahrenheit. If there's wind, it's bad. Yeah. If like there's deadly, wind at right? that temperature, that's that's really bad. Yeah. yeah. I mean, once you get past, once you get lower than 40 below, you know it's cold. I mean, it's a serious. Sure. It's a serious cold. What, how cold did it get for you? What's the worst uh, cold you've ever experienced there, Sebastian? Uh, well, mine was 20 below um, without wind chill, working security. And that's we were walking around outside for three hours in it. So that was the oh worst. Boy. Oh, boy. That just sounds miserable. Well, you know what? We don't have to deal with that here. Unless you, unless Mr. Lovemo asks you to go in and get ribs out of the freezer, you'll never have to experience anything below, you know, 70 degrees uh, here on Guam. And uh, I'm grateful for that. So it's, it's, I'm dreaming of a green Christmas here. And uh, glad that you guys could be with us today. Devin, I'm so glad you're on the radio with us today. Thank you for being here with us today. You're a good wingman, even though you said you were a bird. Yes, I'm a good bird. There you go. And Chris and uh, Sebastian, thanks, guys, and uh, have a great weekend. I think Chris will be back second hour with the news, uh, but Sebastian's going to be heading out here soon. And listeners, thank you for staying tuned. This is Live Till 5 here on Harvest Family Radio, KHMG, 88.1 FM. And uh, I encourage you to stick around for the second hour. We're going to have Stranger Than Fiction. We're going to have the Buck Stops here idioms we're going to talk about advent we're going to talk about the meaning behind one of the a very popular christmas carol we're going to be promoting a couple different christmas events that are coming up so we want you to stick around you are listening to live till five here on 88.1 fm khmg harvest family radio barragata guam stick around for srn news
And we're back with a little more live till 5. It's Friday afternoon, 4.05 p.m. on December 2nd. Glad you're with us. A little over three weeks left till Christmas. And uh, ringing in the Christmas season here on Harvest Family Radio. We started playing beautiful Christmas music last Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. And now we're just enjoying talking about Christmas a little bit. We had a special guest in the studio first hour, Devin Taylor. If you missed it, you know what? You have a chance to listen to Devin and all his wisdom and responses. Uh, Saturday noon to 2, Sunday night, 7 to 9 p.m. Listen to the rebroadcast. The show is rebroadcast in its entirety on KHMG 88.1 FM. Noon to 2, Saturday, 7 to 9 p.m. Catch us on the rebound. You can also listen to the podcast of the show. If you miss the show or you want to listen to something more than one time or you want to pass a link on to someone else, you can go to khmg.org and you can listen to the podcast, you can download it, you can listen to the live stream, you can download other podcasts. We produce a number of great Christian programs here at 88.1 FM, Building Great Leaders, uh, Living Redemptively with Dr. Doug McLaughlin, Building Great Leaders is, of course, with Dr. Les Olala, who happens to be here on Island uh, this week, Uh, Heart of Harvest, It's a great opportunity for you to download some excellent content and listen at your convenience. Love for you to do that. You can also let us know you're listening. Go to Harvest Family Radio on Facebook and leave us a note. Give us a little thumbs up. Follow us. Send us a personal message. Let us know what you think about the studio and the show and what what you like about our programming. And um, we, we love to have ideas for new programming, new ideas for this show itself, Live Till 5. Anytime I have listener-submitted content, I try to use it, and uh, it's really fun for us. So glad you're with us. We've been doing this show for 193 episodes now, almost our four-year anniversary, and uh, we're so glad to be able to be part of what's going on here at Harvest uh, through our radio ministry. Now, every week we have different regular segments on the show. We're going to have the news here in just a moment with Chris Harper. We have This Day in History with Lawrence Nagengast. We have some Stranger Than Fiction stories, which I'll be sharing in a little bit. One of them is listener submitted by KC. But uh, this segment is our idiom segment. And uh, this was brought to us by uh, one of our faithful listeners, PC. She gave me the Dictionary of Idioms by Marvin Turban. It's a scholastic book. And uh, I didn't know if this this part of the show was really helping anyone out there, but uh, I think Chris Harper will find this interesting as his station manager. I actually had an ESL friend tell me that they're listening every Friday, and when I uh, asked him what he's listening to, he said, well, you know where you do those those words, idioms, and you say what they mean? I yep. listen to that. And I was like, Great. really? I was just kind of... Winging that, but I'm. I, it actually it makes sense. You know, people that don't grow up using some of these figures of speech and different little uh, metaphors and things like that. Uh, this is kind of explanatory. We're, we're not only entertaining people; we're also educating. That's right. People. That's right. With this program. That's you know, some people's lives might or might not have been changed by the things we've said on this show. Yeah. Like when Devin tilted his head back in the first hour and said, "I'm the king of the cannibals." Just 
out of the blue. Pippi Longstocking. Yes, yes. That was good. We got clarification on that because uh, I did mute him after that for a while trying to figure out how do you follow (laughs) up on a statement like that. So that is a Pippi Longstocking quote. No, you're not. (laughs) We would have gotten a big argument. Yes, I am. No, you're not. And then when I said he's my favorite wingman, he goes, I'm a bird. So, which makes sense. He's a wingman. He's a bird. Bird man. So, well, back to the idioms here. Uh, wingman, I guess, would be kind of like an idiom because it means it's the guy that flies beside you. But uh, here are some idioms for those of you, especially those of you who maybe didn't grow up using this type of vernacular. Uh, for example, keep something under your hat. Now, I don't hear people saying this very often anymore, but it basically means to keep a secret. The expression, according to this book, comes from the late 1800s when many many men and women wore hats. Um, Your head is under your hat, so if someone tells you uh, to keep a bit of news under your hat, he's telling you to keep it in your head but not reveal it to anyone else yet. Keep something under your hat. Keep the wolf from the door. Now, this is a crossover idiom from one that we used last week. Means to keep from suffering poverty or starvation. Wolves have always been extremely hungry, hunting animals. People are rightfully afraid of the big bad wolf. Poverty and starvation are as scary, are as, scary as a wolf. Since the 16th century, or wolf, as uh, my wife would say, uh, since the 16th century, people have been saying that if you have just enough to get by, you're keeping the wolf from the door. A related idiom is keep body and soul together. That's the one we talked about last week, actually. Keeping up with the Joneses. That means trying to keep up with what your neighbors have socially and financially. Uh, to work hard, to have possessions as good as your neighbors. In the 1913 popular comic strip called Keeping Up with the Joneses appeared in many American newspapers, starting with the New York Globe. The cartoon was about the experiences of a newly married young man, and the cartoonist based it on his own life. He chose the name Jones because it's a popular name in America. The name of the comic strip became a popular expression that meant to try hard to follow the latest fashion and live in the style of those around you, keeping up with the Joneses. I always wondered where that came from. Again, another educational opportunity. Uh, Keep your ear to the ground. Now, we do use this one a lot uh, back where I'm from. I I just said this recently. Someone was looking for a job, and I said I'd keep my ear to the ground. It means to know what's going on, to pay attention to be well-informed. In a scene popularized uh, many Westerns, Native American would put his ear to the ground to figure out whether or not horses were approaching. The horses, if they were too far away to be seen, but sometimes you could detect vibration of the horses by putting your ear to the ground. Uh, Also, I have seen uh, where people, you can sense the vibrations like in a railroad track, and a train track. You can put your ear to it, and you can actually hear uh, a vibration from a very long distance away in a railroad track to know that there is a train either coming or going. Um, you know, obviously by the time you can actually hear it with your ears, you should not have your head on the track, but anyway, keep your ear to the ground, keep your fingers crossed. This old American expression may come from the superstition that the cross works to keep away evil and bad luck. It may also come from children's games in which the players cross their fingers to keep safe. Today. Some people believe that they cross their fingers, uh, when they tell a lie that it doesn't count. So to keep your fingers crossed is to wish good luck and success for someone or something. Keep your head above water. Several idioms. Water represents possible trouble. Think of jump off the deep end, which we shared a couple weeks ago. Between the devil and the deep blue sea. Pour oil uh, on troubled waters. I've never heard that. Ever. Ever. And I've been speaking English my whole life. 
to pour oil on troubled waters. Anyway, uh, the idiom, to keep your head above water, hints at the risk of drowning. Water, in this case, represents going bankrupt or being ruined financially. To keep your head above water means to earn enough to stay out of debt and avoid financial ruin, to do just enough to keep up with all of one's responsibilities. So if you want to keep your head above water, don't try and just keep up with the Joneses. That's the moral of the story, yeah. pretty much. Now, I'm going to look up real quick here the uh, to pour oil on troubled waters, and then we'll be done with our idioms. But I'm I've so heard curious. like a bridge over troubled waters, right? Yeah, That's yeah. That was like a lyric. Simon and Garfunkel song. But yeah. so pour oil on troubled waters in early, as early as AD 731. This expression referred to the belief that if you poured oil on rough, stormy ocean waves, it would calm them. Now it means to smooth over a stormy or disturbed situation of any kind on land or sea. It means to calm an angry quarrel, to have soothing effect through tact or skill in dealing with people, to pour oil on troubled waters. Hopefully it works better for people than it did for mariners that were actually trying that, because everyone knows pouring oil on a wave isn't going to do anything to it. So, anywho, Chris Harper all-around good guy, and station manager here at KHMG. He's been in the biz longer than anyone else in this studio. I mean, that's not saying much because it's just him and I in here right now, but uh, this guy knows radio. He knows journalism, and uh, he knows a lot about hot chocolate, too. Chris, what's happening in the news? (laughs) Well... Uh, Those aren't all things. equal statements. I mean, you right. know, knowing journalism, knowing the biz, and knowing your hot chocolate—they there's an order to those, right? Well, let's let's work on the journalism right now if we can. Great. Although I didn't I didn't uh, retrieve any of this information myself. I'm passing it along. Great. Actually, from These SRN not, News. Hey, that's, we we trust. That's a trusted news source here. A nativity scene that's been displayed in Michigan's Upper Peninsula as part of a longtime. Christmas tradition has been taken down following years of complaints. Menominee City Manager Tony Graff tells WLUK-TV that the display was taken down shortly after being put up this year. He says the city attorney determined that the display was, quote, a violation of our policy governing what can be put up on public property. The Wisconsin-based Freedom From Religion Foundation they're often cited in these uh, type of instances, had sent several complaints to the city. Ryan Jane, an attorney with the foundation, says that the group first reached out to the city in 2007 after a complaint from a Menominee resident. Following the decision, Graff says he hopes a local church will put up the display so it would be on their property instead of on city property. Sure. And that's the way America's going. I mean, there's nothing... uh, most it, that's probably one of the you know last bastions of uh public property displaying religious symbols it's just the way america's going unfortunately but as long as there's a private business or a church that could put up the display close by sure you know authorities prepared thursday to transport home the bodies of dozens of victims of this week's air tragedy in colombia as grief turned to anger amid indications that the airliner ran out of fuel before slamming into the Andes. Have you heard about this one? Oh, yes. It's so tragic. Matter of fact, uh, here at the Guam Football Association, all the soccer games tomorrow, there are, I think, six different high school soccer games 
plus the men's league games tonight and tomorrow night. All will observe a moment of silence before the game begins because a number of the people that passed away in this tragedy were football players, right? Yes, from Chapecoense in uh, the um, Brazilian league. Bolivian aviation officials announced they were indefinitely suspending the charter company that operated this flight uh, due to suspicions that they had run out of fuel. Many of the victims were players and coaches from the small-town Brazilian soccer team that was headed to the finals of the South Americas uh, of one of South America's most prestigious tournaments after a fairy tale season that had captivated their soccer-crazed nation. On Thursday, row upon row of caskets, many covered with white sheets, printed with the logo of Chapacoense, filled the Medellin funeral home in preparation of being flown home as family members of some of the victims gathered there to say their final goodbyes. It's a miracle that some people did survive. I heard that the backup goalkeeper is one of the surviving. uh, He's still unconscious, but he is in the hospital. Right. And um, there's a lot of things that happened as a result of this. The team in Colombia gave the trophy to... Uh, the Chapacoense team. Wow! Wow! Um, the uh, league has instituted a rule so that none of the transfers that they partake in will be paid transfers. They'll all be free transfers, so money won't change hands between the teams. When a player goes, it'll just be money exchanging hands between the team and the players. Wow! Uh, so there's a lot of things that that they've done. They've they've uh, they've given them a no relegation. Um, basically a, a so they can't be demoted so they, into they a lower league yeah wow yeah. yeah so they so they've done a lot of things to try to basically save the team um from going out of business because it's an amazing story that what what's happened with them uh the philippines has raised its terror alert to its highest level after police said they had discovered a plot by the islamic state linked militant groups um an attack on a park following a foiled bombing near the U.S. Embassy this week. Now, Ronald De La Rosa, the national police chief, said the plot was revealed by two men arrested over the planting of a bomb near the embassy in Manila on Monday. A mobile mobile phone wired to an 81-millimeter mortar bomb was found by a street sweeper near the U.S. Embassy early on Monday. Police did safely detonate that bomb, but the masterminds had tried to set it off by calling the phone. Police traced that number to a man in a province north of Manila, then arrested him. A second man who drove a car that placed the explosive near the U.S. mission was also arrested. Wow. And something you all were talking about earlier on the program, the death toll from wildfires blazing in and around the Great Smoky Mountains National Park in Tennessee rose to seven on Wednesday, even as a drenching rain helped firefighters suppress flames that left whole neighborhoods in ruins. The tally of documented property losses from the fires also climbed to more than 700 structures damaged or destroyed throughout Sevier County, including at least 300 in the resort town of Gatlinburg. On Tuesday, authorities reported about 150 structures damaged or destroyed by fires. Now, I threw this last story in there as a bit of a selfish uh, move on my part, but... That's okay. Here it is. You are the station manager, so... Yeah. 
what you believe is best for this station is best for this <laughs> okay. station. Oh, great. So Thanks. it's not selfish at all. Okay. You're well, absolved of all fear of self- selfishness. If I could just say it right. Shel- shellfish? Did you say it's about shellfish? It's selfish. Let's not get into that. Okay, all right. <laughs> okay. So after 90 minutes of possibly the best playoff game in Major League Soccer history, few were complaining that 30 minutes more were required to separate rivals Toronto FC and Montreal Impact. These are two soccer teams, Major League Soccer. Benoit Cheru and Toussaint Ricketts scored in extra time as Toronto beat Montreal 5-2 in the second leg of the MLS Eastern Conference Final, sealing a 7-5 aggregate victory as TFC advanced to their first MLS Cup Final. Wow. I'm, getting to the, I'm getting to the payoff here in a minute. Okay, I'm, I'm still listening. Toronto, the first Canadian team to reach the MLS title game, will host the final on December 10th against the Western Conference champion, Seattle Sounders. Yes, right. Dempsey, right? Is is Dempsey? Clint, Clint Dempsey? Dempsey plays for the Seattle Sounders. He used to be the captain of the U.S. men's national team, but he has a uh, an irregular heartbeat, and he's been um, he has not been playing for two months, and he will not be there for the final because he's not eligible to play right now. But hopefully, he will come back next season. But if you didn't know. The reason why I'm reading that story is because my team is the Seattle Sounders. Yes. I am from, grew up in Washington State. That team has been around a long time, since 1974, but it's been in a bunch of different leagues, lower leagues, and it's been just for the last eight years in the top league, Major yep. League Soccer. So this yep. is the first time we've made it, and it was a big, exciting thing. And on December 10th, the game will be on on the TV in this radio Here. station. I can tell you that. There you go. Now I can I would have by. been able to tell that Seattle was your favorite team just because it is the only non obscure European polo that you wear. It's yes. the only I, seriously. I mean, everything else you wear is like you know from uh, you know Swansenburg, uh, Switzerland's yes. uh, D four league. But it's you know you got it from obscure UK jerseys dot com dot UK or whatever. But uh, the Seattle Sounders, of course, you you have uh, all their gear and stuff. And uh, how when did you start really following the Seattle Sounders? Uh, well, I knew about the Sounders all growing up because they had an NASL team and everything. I I, I wasn't really a soccer fan at that point though. But um, in about two thousand eight, I told my wife. I had to get a hobby because I was I was listening. To be honest, I was listening to a lot of talk radio. Yeah, yeah, that would try to be crazy. Very irritating. It would get on. It would it would it would throw my life out out of kilter because it made me angry. I was mm-hmm. worked up all the time, and I said to my wife, "I've got to get a different hobby. I can't be listening to these talk radio shows anymore. They're driving me nuts." So I said, "I'm gonna just pick something." So I kind of liked soccer. I had been shown some videos about soccer. Um, People might know Arsenal. Oh yeah. And oh, I, did you watch you watch the documentary video about Arsenal that came out like six or maybe eight years ago? Like two thousand and eight. They on, on the um, they did like their whole. They had like the the season of uh, yeah. the historic season, and it was the Arsen, It was like the most yes. popular soccer documentary. Oh yeah. yeah, we watched that with our middle school soccer team. Probably two thousand and eight, maybe. 2007 maybe it came out but it was that was very impactful that's where i first learned about arsenal as well tira on uh, terry henry uh, Henry. yep yep yep. yeah Uh, same video 
I uh, watched the same well, thing. Well, I mean, it wasn't necessarily that. The first thing I'd ever seen was was um, a highlight video of Robin Van Persie, who mm. was a striker for Arsenal at that time. And then that led to seeing Thierry Henry videos. Yes, yes. And then when I saw the Thierry Henry videos, I'm like, this is really interesting. I got to get into this. So I started getting into that. I think that was around like 2008. And then I just sort of decided this is this is my thing. This is what I'm going to pursue. And uh, the Seattle Sounders in 2009 got an MLS franchise, and I was like, now I'm totally in because I now my city has a team right. in the major league, and that was like a huge. That's I mean, cool. it was just a really big moment for Seattle. Right. Well, they had just lost the the um, the Supersonics mm-hmm. in right. basketball, right. right? So it was a really sad moment there, and then they got the Sounders. Yeah. And so anyway, it was just uh, it was just. So I've been watching. I basically watched every game or paid attention to every game since they. What is a sounder? Season. What is a sounder? Just so people know, it's just a. It's just there's the um, Puget Sound mm-hmm. in Seattle, and so people say a sound is like a body of water. It's yeah. like the ocean actually dividing uh, part of the yeah. the landmass of Seattle, right? Yes, it is. Yeah, and if you see if you see the the state of Washington, you'll see that kind of loop at the top. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the the northwest side of the state. There's a little loop that's Puget Sound, and that's got an inlet. And then there's if you you know take a southward turn, mm-hmm. you've got that. You know, I, I'm not sure. I think there are there are actual reasons why it's called a sound right. and not a bay. Or right. A, because right. I think it has something to do with the turn. Like you come in from the Canada right. side. Right, it's not just an open turn. bay. Yeah, yeah. it's right. not just right. an right. open right. bay. Yeah. So I think that's why it's called a sound. So so the word sound, If you, anywhere you go in Seattle, the word sound is everywhere. Okay. So it's kind of like the sounders. Got it, got to it. To kind of just say we're from Seattle. Sure. It's, it's sure. just a way of saying it. Now, it's sort of it, like the Steelers. Yeah, sure, right? sure, Same sure. Thing. Yeah. So uh, in other soccer news, I just uh, saw this week that uh, local soccer professional who used to play for the New England Revolution and I think maybe Ryan New York Guy. Red, Ryan yeah. Guy, the team that he is the coach player for, uh, which is, I believe, the North County Battalion in San Diego, just got promoted to the Premier Development League. So they were in the USPL, I believe, which is a lower, like fourth tier. They just moved up to third tier PDL. So they just, I think they combined with some other program, but basically because of how well they've been doing, they picked up enough sponsors to, I believe, buy into the Premier Development League. So they just moved up, kind of like what you were saying, how the Sounders moved up. They're moving up now into, I believe that's a third tier uh, team. So they are professional they're gonna. It's gonna be on a bigger stage, basically, and a lot more resources. Yeah. And so we should be seeing some good things from uh, Ryan Guy in the news because of this. There's a Seattle team in the PDL too that that yeah. uh, that has. Um, it that's that mostly that's for developing young talent. Exactly right, and they and that that's a. Uh, it's kind of like in baseball they have the farm league or whatever. That's where. The MLS recruits uh, some of its players, not all, of course, but some of its players that they want to go see play. And a lot of them are college students because the the PDL league is from May to the end of July. So that's their season intentionally so that developing college uh, athletes can participate uh, along with other things. So you can be a professional athlete and be a college student at the same time. 
So cool. Well, hey, that's a lot, man. Thanks a lot, Chris. I appreciate that. Yep. Fun to talk about. And uh, listeners, stick around. We're going to be back in just a few minutes talking about some stories that are stranger than fiction, as well as a few public service announcements, things that you can do with your family over this next week for Christmas, including a, a play that's coming up next week, including our big Christmas Festival of Lights here at Harvest. I'll say more about that. And uh, I don't usually talk about reindeers, but if you could combine reindeers and pizza, now that's a story. So stick around, more Live Till 5, and a story about pizzas and reindeer after this. with a little more Live Till 5. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. It's Friday, December 2nd, 4.33 p.m. here at KHMG, Harvest Family Radio, broadcasting high atop the campus of Harvest Ministries, looking out the window at the Harvest Boys varsity soccer team practicing for their final regular season game tomorrow against Notre Dame. The boys are undefeated. They have one tie. Other than that, they have won handily every game. Hopefully, they'll be able to carry that all the way through the championships and come out victorious. I also see middle school cross-country teams warming up as uh, they are having another all-island meet here right now for the middle school kids starting any minute now. I think the boys have already started and the girls are getting ready to run. Yeah, the boys, I see them sprinting around the backside of campus. So, it's a good day to be here at Harvest big weekend for us the harvest baptist church festival of lights sunday december 4th 5 p.m come early we're gonna have some of the best food trucks on guam here we're gonna be selling all kinds of barbecue and fish and chamorro food and asian food and baked goods and our coffee shop will be open it's gonna be great bring some cash come at 5 p.m enjoy a nice meal watch the beautiful sunset do you know this is one of the best kept secrets of Guam, but uh, Harvest has a beautiful sunset view. Just the way we're located kind of on a little bit high, higher part of Barragata, we're able to see the sunset very beautifully. Can't quite see the ocean unless you're up here at the radio station, but you can see the sky just light up, kind of that peach and amber color, and I think uh, you would definitely enjoy it if you're able to come and uh, watch the sunset with us here at Harvest. And get some food at 5 p.m. between 5 and 6.30 p.m. Actually, the food trucks will be open all night, so you can come anytime after 5. But at 6.30 p.m., join us for the Call of Christmas. It's our Christmas drama and musical. It's going to be great. They have been working so hard on this. And it's in the Harvest Auditorium. Don't be late. Be in there before 6.30 p.m. Get a good seat Sunday evening. And uh, come and enjoy. We'll help you with your parking. We'll point you in the right direction. We'll get you a good seat. But come before 6.30 p.m. on Sunday night for the call of Christmas. Then at 7.30 p.m., the Jamboree is going to start up. Games and activities for children of all ages over in the Harvest Family Life Center, our gym. And it doesn't cost anything. The drama doesn't cost anything. And the game night doesn't cost anything. The Jamboree is free. We want your kids to come and have a great kind of Christmas party 
where they can play all these uh, fun games. There's booths with different types of games and crafts. They can get their faces painted. They can climb the climbing wall. There's even going to be a Christmas train giving free Christmas train rides. Where else can you go for a free Christmas train ride? But here at Harvest Baptist Church this Sunday night, 5 o'clock, the food trucks open up. 6.30, the drama, the call of Christmas. It's a drama and musical, less than an hour long, but totally worth it in our very comfortable, air-conditioned, awesome acoustic auditorium there at Harvest. And 7.30 p.m., the Jamboree will already be underway over at the Family Life Center. And, of course, the biggest part of it all, I mean, at least the most obvious part to outsiders, is the whole campus will be lit up with 250,000-plus LED lights, Christmas lights, our entire campus. We've been preparing for this for two months, hanging all of our Christmas uh, lights up, and the whole campus will be illuminated. We'll be turning on those lights for the rest of the Christmas season starting Sunday night. As soon as it gets dark, we'll turn on those lights, and then they'll be on every night for the Christmas season, 6 to 10 p.m., with some outdoor music as well. So we want to encourage you that uh, you can come and take your family Christmas picture here. The campus is open every night during the Christmas season. We want you to come and enjoy it at your own leisure. You can bring your kids and their bicycles. You can bring their skateboards. You can come and bring the baby stroller and just walk around and enjoy the beautiful, cool evenings and the beautiful Christmas lights and the music. We want to uh, be a blessing to you and your family here during this Christmas season. It's our way of saying thank you to our neighbors and our friends and families here on Guam uh, and wish you a Merry Christmas from Harvest Baptist Church and Harvest Christian Academy. Also... There's something else fun you can do this Christmas season. You can go over to Bayview, Bayview Church, December 9th and 10th from 6 to 8 p.m. Admission is free. They're putting on a theatrical presentation of the blockbuster movie and novel by C.S. Lewis, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. For more information, call 472-8107. But Bayview, if you've never been there before, they have a beautiful view of a, camp, a campus. They're right behind um, First Hawaiian Bank and Coast 360 and Mighty. So as you're going down the hill, on Route 8 from the Mobile McDonald's, on the right-hand side, you'll pass Quang Hua, and uh, on the left-hand side, you'll pass Cars Plus. Go a little bit farther, look for Coast 360 and First Hawaiian Bank. Turn on the road that goes right between those two. It'll take you right back to Bayview. No cost, just a fun theatrical presentation, December 9th and 10th, 6 to 8 p.m., and I heard it's going to be great. Mark Smith uh, directing that over there at Bayview, and uh, we definitely want to give families fun stuff that they can do during this Christmas season. Now, as I often do here on Live Till 5, we're always encouraging our listeners to provide listener-submitted content. Sometimes it's a story. Sometimes it's an audio clip, something like that. Um, I had someone uh, talking today about the uh, ice skating rink in Japan where they literally froze the fish in the ice skating rink. Now, I guess the uh, epilogue to the story is the authorities are making them thaw out the lake and then they're going to have some kind of ceremony for all these fish that froze to death and things like that. But I don't have the the uh, article in front of me on that, but I did hear that was something that was happening this week. But I do have the article submitted by KC, one of our faithful listeners. She also is the designer of the new uh, Harvest Eagles school spirit shirt that Mr. Nangas was talking about. You can go by the hub and uh, pick up one of those. They're really cool. Anyway, here's an article from Fox News. Domino's training. I'm not going to tell you what. They're just training something to deliver pizzas in Japan. Domino's is taking a page out of Santa's book for efficient winter transportation. The global pizza chain, 
which has already invested in high-tech delivery methods as autonomous robots, drones, zero-click ordering apps, and satellite tracking to deliver foods, is now training reindeer to transport their pies. Reindeer delivery may be part of a contingency plan for Domino's Japan ahead of what is expected to be particularly cold and snowy winter. Is this true? The chain is attempting a trial period performing training exercises in the city of Ishikari, particularly ice-prone area of Hokkaido, to figure out the reindeer delivery initiative is feasible or not. The technique will involve insulated pizza containers strapped to the animals' backs. Delivery test, Domino says, is monitored by animal trainers. The trials are taking place on the grounds of a driving school. The unusual method of transporting is just one of several delivery methods being tested by the chain. In March, Domino's unveiled the world's first autonomous pizza delivery drone. Now, of course, uh, Domino's has tried a number of new things, including salads, and people are very skeptical of that. I'm a little skeptical of a reindeer delivering pizza, but I guess if you live in a snowbound area and you just really, really, really need your pizza, then uh, maybe that would be the way to go about uh, getting it rather than, you know, eating macaroni and cheese or something at home instead and not getting your pizza. So I, I guess I could see it. I guess. Maybe. But uh, I don't know. Reindeer, pizza, really Domino's. Speaking of pizza, California is home to the world's first lucky pizza box. When Selena Avalos opened up her Domino's order, she found $5,000 cash. She returned the dough, get it, dough, and the store gave her free pizza for a year. Uh, moving away from pizza for now. Remember the show Mythbusters? That was kind of a fun show to watch. They were always like experimenting either urban legends or Hollywood stunts or different things, and they would recreate uh, the science behind things, uh, behind different stories that you'd read. Could it really happen? They would try and recreate it. Well, there's a new show coming out on Netflix. It's just like Mythbusters. It's the actual build team from Mythbusters, the three main people from Mythbusters. They have a new show coming out on Netflix, so you keep an eye out for that. Also, <clears throat> this is according to a magazine article I got out of, I believe it's Relevant Magazine here, the December issue. Everything we ever learned is unraveling. Well, that might be an overstatement, but the FDA is calling for the removal of, quote, antibacterial, in quote, ingredients from commercial hand soaps because they don't make your hands any cleaner. So antibacterial on a hand soap is not antibacterial. It doesn't actually remove the bacteria from your hands. Your hands are not cleaner just because of antibacterial. That's very interesting because I just recently bought dish soap and out of the 10 options, only one or two of the bottles said antibacterial. And you know what? I bought that over the other ones, even though it was a dollar more expensive. Hmm, interesting. How about this? Only about 20% of people in India, the most population-dense country on the planet, have access to the Internet. This dramatically limits their ability to function in the modern world. That's why Mukesh Ambani is funding high-speed Wi-Fi for nearly a billion Indians who don't have access now. He's making it available for just about $2 a month. Speaking of expense in the Internet, this generation lives in a basic, uh, in a basically social-first world, and <clears throat> it carries some benefits. It's also costing employers money, a lot of money. A new study by recruiting firm 
uh, Agilon found that millennial workers waste $192.4 billion, with a B, worth of work each year just by checking social media during work hours. I know it's very tempting. I know I do it. The average millennial employee, the study says, spends 140 hours per year on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and 13% of millennials claim they spend an hour or more using it at work. That's not even including Pokemon Go. 45% claim their jobs don't have a policy against office hours social media. Social media is a valuable tool. It's a great way to stay in touch with people. That's how I stay in touch with a lot of missionaries is through social media means. But it is a colossal time waster also. Here you go. This is from the Quick Takes Dispatches section of World Magazine, uh, November 12th issue. A man in the far eastern city of Vladivostok, Russia, dialed police after his wife reportedly forced his two children to become vegetarians. According to police, the unidentified man complained to authorities that his wife was endangering the welfare of their children. After checking with Russian social services, police quickly dropped the criminal investigation. And at the other end of the dietary spectrum, what measured 2,970 feet occupied eight city blocks and gave thousands a cold treat? Answer, the world's largest ice cream sundae. House of Flavors created the concoction in June in Ludington, Michigan, and the Guinness Book of World's Records announced in October that it was the largest ice cream dessert ever made. The previous record was set in uh, Manorewa, Rewa, New Zealand, measured 1,957 feet. So this blew it away by almost 100 feet. Interesting. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. By 1,000 feet. Sorry. Totally blew it away by 1,000 feet. Here's another food, food one here. Police in Austin, Texas, where my brother-in-law lives, had to shut down a busy street near State Capitol Building on October 17th when they received reports of a suspicious package on the roadway. After some investigating, however, police were able to determine the brown lunch sack simply contained a jar of pickled okra. Officers quickly reopened the road and disposed of the vegetables. Yeah, pickled okra. Uh, They probably threw those away. Anyway. How about this one? A nap in a dumpster turned into a nightmare for an unidentified man in Wichita Falls, Texas. Authorities say a man in his 60s was asleep in the dumpster on October 7th when the workers unloaded his contents, including him, into the trash truck. He then survived being compacted and taken to a transfer station where workers found and retrieved him before he would have been compacted again and sent to a landfill. Workers took him to the hospital for evaluation. That is why I never fall asleep in a dumpster right there. Because you just don't know what's going to happen while you're sleeping. You could actually get dumped. How about this? Asher Woodworth. Okay. The name indicates what do you think Asher Woodworth dresses like? Well, maybe suffering for his art. But so did some of his unwilling patrons. The Portland Press Herald reports that police arrested Woodworth, 30, for obstructing traffic when he dressed up as a tree. Asher Woodworth, get it? He's a tree. Inch by inch made his way through the busy Portland main intersection on October 24th. Woodward said his act was performance art and was meant to contrast the energies of economy and the efficiency uh, of energies of slowness and magic. Very interesting. Hmm. And finally, 
before we take a short break. A pair of Australian troublemakers fooled North Korean officials and scammed their way into the official golf tournament in the Hermit Kingdom. Brisbane, Australia residents Morgan Ruig and Evan Shea say they were in Beijing when they heard about an amateur golf open held annually at North Korea's only open golf course. Despite their lack of skill, the pair posed via email as accomplished golfers and received invitations to participate. Ruig, who finished the tournament carding a 120 and a par on the par 72 course, said he believes a lack of internet access in North Korea made their claims difficult to check. But Shea said midway through the tournament, held October 8th and 9th, his North Korea caddy had grown wise, telling the pair that, quote-unquote, we brought great shame upon our families. Interesting. Well, you know what we're going to do? I want to play you a little Christmas song just to kind of keep us in the Christmas spirit. This is a song by my good friend uh, Ben Everson called the Calypso Drummer Boy. Let's listen to this, then we'll take a short break, come back for a little more Live Till 5, talking about Advent and some Christmas songs after this. Bum, 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 bum. It's 4.54 p.m. on Friday, December 2nd, if you're listening live. If you're catching us on Saturday, noon to 2, or Sunday night, 7 to 9 p.m., rebroadcasting in its entirety this show, two-hour show, called Live Till 5. 
episode 193. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin, as we wrap up the show during this festive Christmas time. I wanted to talk a little bit about Advent. We have just a few minutes to talk about this, but uh, for many of us that don't come from a liturgical church background, we don't necessarily talk much about Advent, but Advent, the history of it from Christianity.com. Let me just give you just a brief rundown. The word Advent is described from the Latin word Adventus, meaning coming, which is a translation of the Greek word parousia. Scholars believe that during the 4th and 5th centuries in Spain and Gaul, Advent was a season of preparation for the baptism of new Christians at the January Feast of Epiphany, the celebration of God's incarnation represented by the visit of the Magi to the baby Jesus, his baptism in the Jordan River, John the Baptist, and his first miracle in Cana. During the season of preparation, Christians would spend 40 days in penance, prayer, and fasting to prepare for the celebration. According, uh, originally, there was little connection between Advent and Christmas. By the 6th century, however, Roman Christians had tied Advent to the coming of Christ. But the coming that they had in mind was not Christ's first coming in the manger in Bethlehem, but the second coming in the clouds to judge the world. It was not until the Middle Ages that the Advent season was explicitly linked to Christ's first coming, Christmas. Today, Advent season lasts four Sundays leading up to Christmas. At that time, New Christian year begins with the 12-day celebration of Christmastide, which lasts from Christmas Eve to Epiphany on January 6th. Think about the song, The 12 Days of Christmas, right? O Come, O Come, Emmanuel perfectly represents the church's cry during the Advent season. O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appears. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. While Israel would have sung the song in expectation of Christ's first coming, the church now sings a song in commemoration of that first coming and expectation of the second coming in the future. And so there are a number of different things that churches do to celebrate the Advent, but you know there's Advent calendars, Advent candles, Advent celebrations, and I just wanted to just briefly say that the celebration, looking back at the coming of Christ— And then the celebration, looking in anticipation to the second coming of Christ, is a great thing. It can become ritualistic and things like that, but uh, there's a rich history there um, of celebrating and looking at the coming of Christ. A lot of churches have that tradition. And so uh, Pastor Heron, I believe, is going to be talking a little bit about the Advent in church on Sunday. Let me give one final shout-out for the Harvest Festival of Light this Sunday night. Come at 5 p.m. That's when the food trucks open up, and you can buy food anytime that evening. You'll need to bring cash for that. But then at 6.30 p.m., come a little early to find a good parking spot and a good seat in our comfortable, air-conditioned, great acoustic auditorium for The Call of Christmas, a, a drama and musical about Christmas. It'll be wonderful. Less than an hour long. And then at 7.30, the Family Life Center, our gym will be open for Christmas activities and games and prizes. It doesn't cost anything. The kids can come, get their face painted, do all kinds of fun games, climb the climbing wall, ride the Christmas train. We're going to be giving Christmas train rides. And just have a great family night as we turn on the Christmas lights. Over a quarter million lights, to our best estimation, LED lights here on our campus. We're not wasting any power. The LED doesn't cost us hardly anything. But the whole campus will be lit up starting Sunday night, and it will remain lit up all the way through the Christmas season. So come and enjoy 
the Christmas season here at Harvest Baptist Church with our Festival of Lights kicking off the Christmas season for us uh, here on campus. So we are so glad to celebrate Christmas with you. Harvest Family Radio started playing beautiful Christmas music last Friday during Live Till 5. We played our first Christmas songs, and we intend to continue to play all the music we play. will be Christmas music between now and Christmas, and some of it's traditional, some of it's fun, some of it's classical, some of it's instrumental, some of it's sacred, but it's all beautiful Christmas music here on Harvest Family Radio 88.1 FM, and we're glad to celebrate the Christmas season with you. Tell some friends about us. Find us online, khmg.org. Go on Facebook. Let us know you're listening through Harvest Family Radio on Facebook. Leave us a message. Come by and see us Monday through Friday, 8 to 4 p.m. here at the Harvest Studios, the third floor straight above the hub. And uh, speaking of the hub, stop by there. They have some seasonal drinks. They have some great Christmas gifts for sale, a new batch of Yankee candles, seasonal candles down there. And uh, make sure you tell them you heard about them here on the radio. You're listening to Live Till 5. This is episode 193. I'm Jared Baldwin, your host, and the fastest two hours of my week just passed. Catch us noon to 2 Saturday, 7 to 9 p.m. Sunday night here on Harvest Family Radio. This is 88.1 FM, KHMG, Barragata, Guam. Talk to you later.